live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. And a great afternoon to you and yours. How are you? Wherever you are and however you found us, man, we appreciate it. Uh, this is the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite of the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 the game. Um, and what a glorious Chamber of Commerce day it is. I mean, it is just one of those days you want to bottle up and save and just keep bringing it out day after day after day, man, we'd all be in a better mood. Wouldn't we, man, but what a day. If you are a sports fan, wow. The masters is underway. Last I looked, Tiger Woods was even par through 12 holes, got it to one under, had a bogey. He's been even, Stephen, the whole way. Three under par is leading the tournament as we speak. We'll delve into that a little bit more. So we've got round one of the Masters in the weather after rain the past couple of days. It is pristine at Augusta. We've got the start of the Major League Baseball season. Wow. Um, The lockout. All that stuff is history, and um, of course, we will have the Atlanta Braves on here. We are, um, not only are we the station for all LSU sports, but we are certainly the station for the Houston Astros. You can tune in tonight to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles as the Houston Astros open up the 2022 season on the road against the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, first pitch was scheduled for 838. It's been moved back to 9.04 p.m. I have no reason. No earthly reason why, but 9.04 p.m. is first pick. You can listen to Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on the call right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. My good friend Randy McElvoy, uh, an Emmy Award-winning TV sportscaster for KPRC in Houston, uh, will join us here at about 2.20 this afternoon, um, and we'll preview the Astros. Yes, they lost. Carlos Correa, uh, for sure. Um, they lost Zach Greinke on the pitching mound. But according to just about every prognosticator out there, the experts say the Astros will be really, really good again. Most projections, betting odds, and media experts think that the Astros will be winners of the AL West. Uh, The Astros are in the middle of a run rarely seen in the sport. They're one of just three franchises to ever make it to a league championship series five years in a row. 
The others were the 1970s Oakland A's, Reggie Jackson and company, and the 1990 Atlanta Braves with um, that pitching staff that was uh, unbelievable. Glavin, Smoltz, and company. Um, so the Astros have lost players during this time. You know, they remember um, each offseason, they lost like a George Springer. They lost a Garrett Cole. They lost Dallas Keuchel, Charlie Morton. And now they've lost Carlos Correa. And they give hope to all those that hate the Astros. Um, most experts disagree with those that say this is the year the Astros will fall off. Um, even without Correa, who became the game's highest paid position player when he signed with the Minnesota Twins in March. And by the way, their game has been postponed because of weather. Uh, the Astros are still expected to win their fifth American League West championship in six years and be one of the best teams in the league. We'll get an update on the Astros. Matthew Bruni will join us. Um, he was at the LSU Pro Day. Uh, da Derek Stingley Jr., um, who said that he uh, injured himself um, on the first day of fall camp uh, and said he is just now 100%. Well, he uh, turned in an unofficial 4.37 in the 40, a 38 and a half vertical, and a 10 foot 2 inch broad jump. The 40 time in the vertical would have ranked first at the NFL Combine among the cornerbacks being discussed as first round picks. Uh, again, Stingley said that in interviews that his list Frank injury happened on the first day of 2021 fall camp and that he played through it for the first three games he's only been 100 percent healthy for three days so we'll get an update on all things lsu with matthew bruni of go 247 sports the pels are in the playing game can they withstand the hard charging san antonio spurs and stay in the ninth seed and thus host the play-in game that will take place next wednesday it'll be nationally televised it'll be an 8 30 tip either from the smoothie king center or out in san antonio um and then if they if the pels win that game then they play again uh two days later uh, to see if they can survive and yet advance again. It's like an NCAA tournament. You win, you advance, you lose, you snooze for the offseason. So we'll talk with the Bleacher Report, our NBA analyst, Grant Hughes, and then Frank Schwab will join us uh, from Yahoo Sports, and we'll talk all things NFL. So that's the lineup for the day. Now, when you are... The king of the hill, you can do whatever the heck you want. And the Atlanta Braves have done just that. Uh, the defending World Series champions on opening day of the 2022 season at Truist Park, they are unveiling a hamburger worth $151 to celebrate the occasion. This is a half-pound Wagyu beef burger called the world champions burger it's served on a toasted irish buttered brioche bun the other toppings include pan fried eggs gold leaf wrapped hudson valley foie gras chilled cold water lobster tail an heirloom tomato garden fresh bib lettuce tillamook 
cheddar cheese and truffle aioli. I don't know about you, but I don't think I want to take a bite of that. Oh, by the way, Parmesan waffle fries are served on the side. Why the $151 price tag? Well, that's to honor the Braves' 151st year of existence going back to their 1871 start as the Boston Red Stockings. Now, with this food, a replica World Series championship ring comes with the burger. If that's not enough, if you want the real McCoy, a limited edition original ring is also available for $25,000. So the Atlanta Braves going full tilt. Um to celebrate their World Series title. Good for them. Me, just give me the plain burger. In fact, no, just give me give me a good old hot dog and uh, peanuts and popcorn and Cracker Jacks, whatever. Um, give me that. That's, that's what I want, for sure. Um, so baseball is underway. And uh, the Astros will get underway this evening. Uh, my St. Louis Cardinals will get underway again. And um, it's the first of 162 games. So sit back. It's, it's a long marathon run. And already in the opening games, let's see, we've got... Milwaukee and Chicago Cubs scoreless with two outs in the top of the third. They're playing that game in Chicago at Wrigley. So um, there you go. Uh, let's see. Leaderboard of the Masters. We've got. Um, okay. Let's pull this up. 72 degrees. Beautiful day. Cameron Smith is currently in the lead. He is four under par through 14 holes. Danny Willett, Danielle Berger, Joaquin Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, and Sungjae Im are at three under par. Uh, Jason Kokrak, Cameron Champ, Charles Schwartzel are at two under par. Harry Higgs, Taylor Gooch, Robert McIntyre, Takumi Kanaya, Corey Connors, Lucas Abair, Webb Simpson, Abraham Answer, Billy Horschel, Dustin Johnson, Will Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Rory McElroy, and Matt Fitzpatrick are all at one under par. Tiger is even par through 14 holes. So... Got it to one under, as I said, um, then had a bogey. And so he is at even par. So not a bad start to the tournament for one Tiger Woods. Um, Neiman had an amazing eagle playing with Tiger on the ninth hole. Um, on that same hole, Tiger's eagle attempt came up just a little bit short, and he settled for a birdie. Then he lost it soon thereafter. So we'll update you throughout the day uh, on what's happening at Augusta. Yes, at Augusta. Um, we've also, Pelicans play again tonight, and um, they will try to maintain their, their ways. 
LSU football team returns to the practice field today. Uh, media will be allowed a few few minutes here and there. LSU baseball returns to action for the start of a big series tomorrow in Starkville against the defending national champion Mississippi State Bulldogs, who have uh, had a precipitous fall from grace after that. But uh, what a miraculous season they had uh, a year ago. Yes, they did. They really, really did. Um, LSU softball struggling. Beth Tarina says the Tigers are non-competitive. They continue to lose close games. So we have that. Um, Eli Manning has earned an Emmy nomination, teaming up with his brother for the Manning cast. Um, Eli made the list of candidates for emerging on-air talent, uh, never one to shy away from a punchline. Uh, the native New Orleanian took advantage of the opportunity by saying, if I win a sports Emmy, watch out. I will become the most high-maintenance diva ever. I like Eli. Eli was a surprise, wasn't he? Uh, he was really, really good. I didn't know what to expect, um, but it was really good. Their ratings were solid throughout the first season. Uh, they hit a high point with 1.96 million viewers for the Chiefs-Giants game in week eight. That's that's pretty amazing. Pretty darn amazing. So they've, uh, they've been re-upped, and they'll be back and uh, better than ever again. Um, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Uh, the Cajuns looking to uh, get back to their winning ways yet again. They'll be at Arkansas State. They've got some new pictures that have uh, that have developed and have come along the way. And because of that, they're feeling pretty good about the way that they are as they get ready for this series on the road. Uh, surprises here, there, and everywhere. Um, and that's a good thing. On the football field, the Cajuns are prepping for the spring game. Uh, health is the primary goal for Coach Dez. Uh, that'll be Saturday at 11 o'clock at Cajun Field. There'll be two halves. Some will wear red jerseys. Some will wear white. Um, who knows? Uh, Coach Desimo says there's definitely a plan. The first half will be competition-based. We'll have a scoring system in place. For example, in the first down period, the offense gets points for a gain of at least four yards. The defense scores for gains of fewer than four yards. Too, too complicated for me. There'll be third down periods, a red zone lockout competition, and the second half will be more of a game-like competition that figures to equate to a quarter of football. Um, Coach Des says it's from the beginning. There's a lot of opportunity out there. When there's opportunity, it creates competition. You see the guys that really want it. You see the competition. I've been extremely pleased with the rotation, the way we've been doing it, and seeing those guys get in there and competing and seeing them step up. It's quite a different tale of, uh, as Charles Dickens would say, a tale of two cities um, with what's going on at LSU and what's going on at UL. Coach Dez has to replace the all-time, I mean, a, a great coach uh, who left the program in far better shape than when he got there. He left to make more money and play in a Power Five conference. 
Brian Kelly's coming in just the opposite situation with a program that reached the highest of heights and then fell completely off the cliff. And now he's got to rebuild it. He's got to build a new culture. He's got to build a new way of doing things and doing things the right way. So it's completely different. So we'll see how it all unfolds. We're brought to you on a Thursday by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. The two 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 stores, one in Baton Rouge and one in Lafayette at 5000 Ambassador Caffrey Parkway, Building 1, Suite 101. The number 337-484-1234. 337-484-1234. Have you noticed that you're tired and you're sluggish, you're eating well, you're exercising well, um, you may have low testosterone. And this is something that can easily be rectified. You're not losing weight like you used to. It could be a hormone deficiency. The Aesthetic Medicine Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana has a free consultation and a testosterone blood check. They are the region's leader in hormone replacement therapy, expert clinical care in the most state-of-the-art facility. Look, this is uh, for men and for women. Increase your energy. Stop feeling tired and sluggish. Men and women, it's the fountain of youth. Increase your sex drive for men and women. Improve your mood and helps with that mental fog. It's HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Go in for a free consultation. Get the blood work. They'll find out exactly where you're strong and where you are deficient, and they'll come up with a plan to get that deficiency up and beyond. That's the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana in Lafayette, 5000 Ambassador Caffrey Parkway, Building 1, Suite 1. Uh, they open uh, early. They close at 4.30. Uh, their phone number is 337-484-1234. For appointments, you can go online, theantiagingclinics.com, theantiagingclinics.com. Opening day for the Astros will go to Houston. They take on the Angels out there on the West Coast. Randy McElvoy will join us after this timeout. The Jordy Hulpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we welcome you back at 24 minutes after the hour. The Masters is underway. Major League Baseball opening day. Wow. Unbelievable. What a what a great sports day it is. The Astros will uh, tee it up against the huh, high-powered Los Angeles Angels with all that star power. Showtime, Shohei Otani, uh, Mike Trout and company. First pitch was set for 838, but now it's going to be at 904 and um the award-winning, Emmy award-winning TV sportscaster for KPRC and a friend of mine. We've done games together. He's a terrific guy and a great sportscaster. Randy McElvoy, kind enough to join us to preview the Strohs. Randy, thank you, man. I know it's a busy day, but how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Jordy, good to, good to talk with you. Thanks for having me on. It's, hey, it's opening day. It should be a holiday, man. 
Yeah, it, it really should. Um, so tell me about the Astros. You Every year they seem to lose a player or two, but the end result always seems to be a division championship. What, uh, what do you see in your crystal ball about this Astros club? Still, I mean, the, the big loss, of course, was Carlos Correa. And you, you just hit on it, Jordy. I was at camp a couple of weeks ago and, and talking to some of the guys about it's been the theme since 2015. They've just lost big name guys, yet they just reload. And uh, you just kind of wonder how long can they keep, mm-hmm. you know, bouncing back from that and still competing and winning pennants, going to World Series. And they've managed to do it so far. And despite the big loss of Carlos Correa, and it is big in many ways, they still look up and down this roster. Alex Bregman, the LSU Tiger, I talked to him about it. And he's like, look around this clubhouse. Look how much talent we've got in our lineup. There's no reason why we can't dominate this division again, get to the postseason, and, you know, we've got some arms to get it done. Hopefully they'll get one more when they get Lance McCullers back if he can heal up. But uh, it's still a really good team, really deep team. So, um, Correa, who became the highest-paid position player uh, when he signed with the Twins in March, who takes over for him? Who fills that void? That's going to be Jeremy Pena. He's going to start off. Uh, he's a guy that's been rising quickly through the ranks, uh, really came on strong at AAA last year and was up with a big league squad for a while. It showed some promise. Of course, he's not Carlos Correa, but, man, he's, you know, we'll see what happens when the bright lights are on. It's a big difference from spring training and, and what he did at AAA last year, but had a little power last year, a really good defensive player. Uh, he's kind of built for that position, so it's, it's time to hand the reins to the young guy. And they've been very high on Pena. Uh, you know what? They were high going into camp. People thought it could be a, maybe a couple, maybe bring in somebody or have a battle at shortstop. But he quickly entrenched himself in that position and, and, and really had a good spring camp and earned the job. And now he's going to get his shot uh, starting tonight with his parents in the crowd, and uh, hopefully he'll get the job done. Randy McElvoy with us, Houston Astros and the um, L.A. Angels uh, tonight. How's my boy Justin Verlander doing these days? <laughs> He's doing great. Uh, he had an unbelievable spring coming back from the, you know, he missed all last yep. year with the rehab from the Tommy right. John. And, man, he's he looks like the Verlander of old, man. He had a, a great spring camp. I think he had three or four starts. Uh, you know, no, the pitchers didn't get a lot of work in overall anyway because of the short spring training, but. Uh, he, I think he gave up a couple of runs the entire spring. Uh, it was great. His fastball was topping out at 96, 97 at some time, at some point. So definitely the velocity is there. He's back and, uh, he, he's feeling great. He said the arm feels good. No carryover effect. The rehab went well and he's the guy they're going to count on. They've got to have him and he's going to start game three just the way things kind of fell. To, fell together here to start the season he'll, he'll start on saturday and then they'll kind of ease in and figure out how they want to do the rotation but he's definitely if at the top it's not number two another big name that's no longer zach Granke. um that's kind of a void yep. there um how do you feel about this pitching staff you know what uh the, the question mark is lance mccullers jr who they're really you know he's one of their leaders right. and he got hurt in the alds last year uh, forearm issue, which is always tied to that elbow, and it just never healed in the off season through the rehabs he did. He had a setback when he started throwing, 
And uh, when I was there a few, uh, two, two and a half, well, close to three weeks ago, he was not yet throwing. Well, since then, he has started to throw very light. But you're, you're talking about if he has no setback, at least four or five weeks to get ready. So we're not going to see him best case till probably May or June. Uh, but that's the question mark. Other than that, they've got Framber Valdez going tonight, the lefty. He's proven over the last couple of years what he can do in the regular postseason. You got uh, Jake Odorizzi, who's not dominant, but he's you know steady at times. Uh, they need a more consistency out of him. He's going to start tomorrow. You got Jose Arquiti, uh, Luis Garcia, another young guy. So some young talent, but proven when it comes to postseason play over the last couple of years. So I still think it's a really good group, and they've got a nice bullpen as well. Randy McElvoy, kind enough to join us. Again, the Astros and the Angels tonight. Um, spring training, uh, because of the the lockout, it was, as we mentioned, uh, shortened. Uh, it had mm-hmm. the number of grape, Grapefruit League games for Houston. So so how does the 72-year-old manager, Dusty Baker, 72, <laughs> I love it, I love it. Does he handle the start of the regular season kind of like spring training where he's going to kind of work his players in give them give them some rest and because you got to get your body acclimated to baseball and the routine of baseball absolutely good point i mean because injuries are the you know you go back to 2020 when they had the uh the quick turn and you saw a lot of injuries and they got to avoid that because this is a long 162 grind here i think you are going to see that i think in the in the first month of the season certainly with the pitchers uh the starting pitchers i think you're going to see a lot of if they're on their game, go maybe four, maybe five innings. I think it's going to be June or so, I think, before we see consistency starters, starting pitchers, you know, going uh, six, seven, seven innings maybe before handing it off. I think you still got to keep ramping it up. You talked to some of the coaches, and I did when I was there. Uh, they, they wish they had like an extra week, you know, like all of them did, but just to kind of make sure everything's in, in order. But that's not the case. You got to be ready to go. But I think he's going to do that not only with pitchers, but I think with position players. And I'll, I'll use Alex Bregman as a perfect example, coming off injury with his wrist and hamstring problems a year ago. Uh, you know, you don't want to force it with him. You got, and you got to make sure he's ready. And Dusty said it the other day. He said, "Listen, this is all about trust. The players trust me. I trust them. They got to tell me when they need a break." Awesome. Randy McElvoy with us. So who's going to be the leadoff hitter? Is it going to be Pena? Is it going to be Altuve? Have they decided on that yet? I have not seen the final call on that. Obviously, they're playing West Coast tonight, so the lineups aren't out, but it's going to be one of those guys. Um, I think they want to put Pena in a position towards the top of the order uh, to have success. I think he'd be a great leadoff guy if they want to bump Altuve down to two, maybe. So we'll see, and I think that might be something that that Dusty experiments with and just sees how, you know, maybe Jeremy adapts to the big league level and uh, you don't want to put too much on his plate from the get-go. But uh, I think you can't go wrong with either him or Altuve. Altuve obviously has proven what he could do in a leadoff spot over all these years. But uh, we'll see how he experiments a little bit. Probably depends on the pitcher, the opposing pitcher, and uh, just the normal first few weeks of the season kind of experimenting. Takes a little of the luster off when you have opening day, but you're on the road, man. I wish they were at Minute Maid Park, oh. don't you? Well, they would have been. They, they lost the Philly Yankees. They would have been at home. They're going to have to make those up. But uh, yeah, nine on the road before they even come home. Ooh. Wow. 
Wow. Um, okay. Let me ask you in the, in the hierarchy of Houston professional sports, you've got the yep. Texans, you've got the Rockets and the, and you've got the Astros. Are the Astros the prohibitive uh, number one in the market fan base draw? Uh, I think no doubt. Uh, it's a, it's a great baseball city. Uh, they, they support these guys. Now, when they were losing 115, they really weren't. But, uh, you know, since uh, 2014, 2015, for sure. But overall, you look at all the decades they've been here, it's, it's been a great baseball city. I think it's a baseball town, number one, football close second. But, man, they bail on the Texans in a heartbeat, just like they did with the Oilers. And if it's a down year, the, the, the interest wanes a little bit. But it's still yeah. a, good, a really good football town, too, college football town. And, as well and uh but i think that right now with the last what seven years now of the success of the astros their fan base has only grown uh and it was already strong before that but uh, i think it's a great baseball town rocket kind of you know they're out there but it's, it's not it right now i definitely put them well behind uh the astros and the texans you need the you need uh the dream and Clyde, the glide and those guys to come back. And then you got basketball, but I think the Houston Cougars outdraw the, the Rockets when it comes to hoops. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's close. I mean, the U of H has no problem selling tickets. They've yeah. uh, done an incredible job under Calvin Sampson. And uh, last couple of years, they've sold out their season ticket allotment in their new building. And uh, definitely a lot of interest basketball wise on a, it's been a poor stretch, you know, for the Rockets. But heck, even when they had James Harden and Chris Paul making those runs, it was entertaining, and the, the fans were into it. But not until like February, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. Once football's over, then people kind of turn their attention when they're making those good playoff runs. But uh, but nothing really before that. People get into it like in February around here for the NBA. Gosh, I know you're an avid golfer. Cameron Smith is at six under par through 16. Um, oh, wow. He was three still, under last I saw. But, yeah, uh, he, he is a, like he's on a roll. A, a he's got a two-shot lead over M, a three-shot lead over Willett, Bergen, Neiman. Uh, Tiger Woods, last I saw, he was even par. What does that mean to you as a as a guy that loves the game of golf? Well, you know what? And, and you followed it, too. Tiger does not play unless he thinks he can win and so you have to believe what he fact that he was there practicing and contemplating it before he made the call he knew his game was in order and all the reports from those practice rounds uh from fred couples and all those guys saying this guy's hitting unbelievably right now it's all about it tiger said it you know with the leg injuries he suffered in that crash it's about endurance on a very hilly course there i haven't been to augusta in person but everybody that describes it because it's probably the hilliest course they play all year, and so that's a big test on him. Yeah, what is he, even par right now? I think yeah, he's at even through 15. He's, he's even through there. 15. Not bad, not bad. Uh, yeah. Randy, all right, the grind begins, 162 games. I didn't think they'd play 162, but they, they figured out a way uh, with double yep. headers and all this kind of stuff, but we'll see. Everybody's very, very high on the Astros. We'll see how they do it. Um, good luck covering them and uh, keep the grind going, man, and always great catching up with you. Outstanding. Good to catch up with you, too, Jordy. Anytime, man. You you got it, my man. Thank you so much. Um, Randy McElvoy, KPRC in 
Houston. Uh, the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Text to Angola to 68683. That's Angola to 68683. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 23rd and April 24th. And you can see all the exciting action. Bull riding, wild horse racing, convict poker. Text Angola to 6... I still don't know what convict poker is. Text Angola to 68683. That's Angola to 68683 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. James Mesh taking us to break. He's going to look up convict poker. He's going to let me know what it is when we return. But first, Matthew Bruni will join us. We'll talk all things LSU here on the Jordy Helfert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's talk all things Tiger Town. Matthew Bruni of Go247 Sports. Matthew, good afternoon, man. How are you? Um, I'm doing great. It's getting work done. I have the Masters up uh, as I'm doing it, so watching Tiger, and uh, yeah, it's been a, been a good day. All right, very good. Getting that work done. Uh, it's all been almost a year since the NCAA adopted a policy allowing the student-athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. And now, according to a report, college athletic departments can provide cash to student-athletes as a reward for academic performance. And LSU is one of 22 FBS-level schools that plans to do so this year. Have we heard anything about um, how LSU is going to go about about and do this because I'm told um, athletes could earn up to about almost six thousand per year if they, um, you know, reach certain requirements academically. Yeah, that's. I mean, things continue to kind of build up, and we knew the NCAA was going to continue to uh, evolve. I guess if you want to put it that way, uh, or adjust, uh, as other people would say, to to the changes that have been made to everything that's happening with NIL. So. I feel mm-hmm. like this is just another step towards that. Um, as far as what the what exactly LSU is doing in, in this regard, um, I, I haven't heard anything from it. Um, I'll continue to look into it, but um, this is still kind of fairly new. And so uh, I think it's a real interesting thing that the NCAA is now adopting, mm-hmm. and, and LSU is obviously going to be at the forefront of that as well. And once again, every school can do it in whatever form or fashion they want. Missouri um, athlete, they're going to get $2,400 regardless, but they need a GPA of 3.5 or higher to get the full amount. Iowa State is going to hold all that bonus money to, in, in, in an account and give it to the athletes uh, in a lump sum only if and when they graduate. I kind of like that. Um plan better i know the players wouldn't like it but thinking about their future i kind of like it'd be nice to have a lump sum of about twenty five thousand dollars waiting for me when i got got my degree what a great start to life yeah no definitely and it encourages as the ncaa always wants to it encourages the student part of the student athlete which has definitely been diluted with the whole nil um aspect of it so i i think this is it's definitely it's something that i have kind of been, I don't want to say hoping for, but it's something I have been kind of waiting for is 
them figuring out a way for the schools to get more involved in this and just kind of yeah. take it out of it only being through, you know, lawyers or whoever, whoever else paying, paying the players. You know, I think the right. schools want to have a hand in it in some way so that way you can somewhat regulate it uh, or put a little bit of restrictions on it. And it gives the nine quote stars the opportunity to get some money themselves instead of everything yeah. going to the the super superstar name athlete. Now you got a chance. Hey, if I do my schoolwork, I got I got six thousand dollars coming my way. Keeps everybody happy. Kind of like that. All right, nobody else wants to talk about this. Our audience doesn't want to hear about it. They want to hear about how LSU's pro day went, and in particular, uh, how was Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, he he looks great. He looks great. I mean, for a guy who afterwards he said he's been 100% healthy for three days, I mean, you can't really ask anything more from him. Where the 4 3 seven, 40, uh, and even after the 4 3 seven, he was still like, you know, he could have could have ran faster. So uh, for, from both of those times uh, and then just watching him work out, I mean, you really can't ask anything more from, from a guy who – we haven't seen much of the last two years, right? That's what the whole thing was. That's what teams were telling him. That's what Coach Staley from the Chargers was telling him, that they just wanted to see his determination. They wanted to see his mindset. And apparently he checked all the boxes. So, I mean, I really can't see him dropping out of top 10, 12. I know a lot of mocks had him going 12 to the Vikings. I feel like that might be a little low at this point with uh, the amount of heads that he was able to turn at his pro day. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, he looked he looked good. He looked spry and he looked he looked sharp. Okay, very good, Matthew Bruni. Uh, go two four seven sports with us. Um, our good friend, my good friend. I talked to him yesterday at Augusta. Scott Rabelais caught up with Mike Tarico there for the Golf Channel coverage of the Masters and asked him since Mike Tarico did all the games for Notre Dame for NBC for all those years. Now he's moving to Sunday Night Football because of uh, Al Michaels leaving. Um, mm-hmm. He, he he raved about Brian Kelly. Quote, when you think about it, experience coach, championship level coach, organization, detail, going to bring class and respect to the program. That's what LSU football needed right now. I think he's going to do uh, going to be a great guy for it. You've seen him at practices. You've watched. You saw that whole that whole practice opened up the last uh, I guess it was last Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Have you changed? Have you grown more fonder of Brian Kelly? What What do you think now from what you've seen? Um, I've I've always been pretty high on him. Uh, to see the practice, to see him go through the practice and kind of see how he interacted with players, I think was the most interesting thing for me on that Saturday because uh, he was active when they were doing the one on one drills with the receivers, when they were the quarterbacks. He was very hands on. Um, he he gives the position coaches autonomy, but at the same time he understands what needs to be done from a coaching and a player perspective. And I don't know how else to describe that, but he's mm-hmm. he's very he can be general manager at times, and then also he can be hands on, you know, hand in the ground coach, uh, talking to the quarterbacks, talking to the corners, talking to the receivers. So um, I mean, this whole time I feel like everybody knew that he was a good coach. That's what everyone in Baton Rouge knew. Everyone knew, yeah. hey, this is a guy who's won a lot of games, so he has to be good. But now after getting to see him, we're kind of putting together how he's so good and what he's so good at. And I think that's, that's been really interesting for, for us to see. Okay. Um, 
Matthew Bruni with us. So uh, spring game is coming up later on this month. Have you ever seen anything like what's happened with LSU basketball? we got more coaches than we have players now. I've never seen anything like they all jumped ship. Every single one of them. I forgot. Yeah, I haven't talked to you since since they all the exodus happened. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. They for all them to to, to leave it, but I I do assume that the coaching staff is trying to at least look to to get back a couple of them uh, over the coming weeks. We'll see if that yeah. actually happens. But uh, you know, if you can keep a couple, that it makes life a lot easier on you. Instead of having to go thir- get thirteen, you only have to get let's say eleven. And they already have four, so so that's a good starting point. But uh, yeah. they do need they need starters. They need to get <laughs> some guys around Justin Hill at point guard. Uh, Trey Hannibal uh, from Murray State is a solid rotation guard. But, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure he but, can start. And then Kendall Coleman from Northwestern State, I'm not sure uh, if he's a starter as well. So they're yeah, going to have to get no, some talent. No, around there's Hill. a reason why he went to Northwestern State. There's a reason why, and this is not a knock on those programs, Murray State and Northwestern State, but there's a reason why they go there. And look, to their credit, Murray State uh, played well together, played hard together, got into the tournament, but they can't go through the rigors of an SEC schedule with those kind of players. They'll get their brains beat in. Yeah, like I said, Juice Hill, Justice Hill is the only one I could see starting at this point. I, I really, I think he can play the point guard position at a, at a SEC level. Everybody else, they need four starters. They need across the board. They got to find, and that's, I mean, while it's not going to be as challenging as it used to be without the transfer portal, um, obviously they wouldn't be here with, without the transfer portal. They would have retained the guys, but still, um, it's not going to be a walk in the park to find four other SEC starters here that'll at least help you, you know, compete with like six, seven, eight wins. Like that's going to be challenging. I think there'll be some uh, season ticket availability for the men's side. I don't know about the women's side, but uh, we shall see. Um, real quickly, um, softball's having their trail trials and tribulations. Um, LSU baseball having their their they beat up on the bad teams. I mean, they're explosive against the Gramblings and the whatnots. Um, but now they got to go to Mississippi State. Boy, this is a pivotal weekend. What's the vibe on Jake Johnson from the people that you talk to and the message boards and all that? Yeah, I think you you word it perfectly. This is this is a big weekend because even though Mississippi State is the reigning national champion, they are Damn. they're under five hundred. Yeah, they're under yeah. five hundred in the SEC at this point. But you know, I, I said last weekend was a pretty big weekend against uh, you, uh, against Auburn, and they lost that series at home. Yeah. So. Yeah. At some point, you have to start turning it around. Uh, John, we talked to Johnson earlier in the week. He's continuing to kind of try to shake things up, but um, you know, it's not the bats. And I mean, the bats have been have been solid, but they haven't been great. Like you said, they've been a lot better against bad teams. The pitching's been okay; hasn't been bad. Uh, the fielding is is the real is obviously is still a real concern. But at some point, you have to start putting it all together. It feels like it's been too yeah. many games where it's been. Hitting good, pitching bad, pitching good, batting or hit bats are bad. You know, fielding has been bad all over, and so yeah, they got to start putting it together this week. Yeah, you you can't keep saying we got to get better at playing baseball. Well, you're in the thick of it now. You, yeah, we all know that you got to get better. Are you going to get better? We shall see. Um, Tigers at minus one now. He's in red numbers, baby. So let's go, let's go, yep. Matthew Bruni. I'll yep, let you go I, I back thought... to working and watching TV while I carry on the torch here on the radio. But thank you as always, buddy. Always great talking to you. 
Yes, sir. Thanks for having me anytime. All right. You got it. That is Matthew Bruni of Go247 Sports. You can experience Festival International like never before by winning the game's Festival International prize pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You'll get a chance to score a pair of Bonton passes. You'll get exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, and a poster. Experience Festival like never before by winning the Festival International Prize Pack from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Final timeout of hour number one. We'll set the stage for hour number two. Get you an update on the leaderboard at Augusta when we return to the Jordy Helfert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Wash your hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ask and you shall receive um, my producer, James Mesh. Outstanding work. Uh, I said I didn't know what convict poker was. He sent it to me. Convict poker is where four prisoners are seated at a poker table in an arena where a raging bull is released. The last prisoner remaining at the table wins a prize. So I guess that's the bull version of playing chicken, I guess. You got to be kidding me. No, thank you. No, no, no. Um, Cameron Smith has played 16 holes now. He's on 17. He has a he is at six under par, a two-shot lead over SJM I am. Tiger Woods is tied for eighth. He has played 16 holes as well. Uh, and he is at one under par. So Tiger in red numbers, tied for eighth with two holes to play in his opening round. Still a lot of players on the golf course with a lot of golf left to be played. So we'll see uh, what happens. So Tiger played kind of mid-morning. Tomorrow he'll play in the afternoon shift. Um, and we'll see. Make the cut. Be great. And we'll see what happens. Our number two straight ahead NBA talk, NFL talk right here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. It is a Saints touchdown. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby. We're going to be Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go. It's a great 
day in sports. Major League Baseball gets underway today. It's the first round of the Masters. Tiger is in red numbers at uh, one under par, tied for ninth through 17. So he's got one hole left to play. Uh, but so far, it's been the um, Cameron Smith show. He is six under par um, through 17 as well. So we'll keep you updated on that. Major League Baseball is underway, and we're in the stretch run. This is the last week of the marathon known as the NBA regular season. Next week, we'll have the play-in games, and then the the playoffs begin. And um, I hadn't talked to my friend in a while, but I've got to get him now. Um, feature NBA writer, reporter for Bleacher Report, and our NBA analyst du jour, uh, Mr. Grant Hughes from the West Coast, kind enough to join us. Greg, good afternoon, man. I can see the finish line, and it looks bright for my New Orleans Pelicans. How about that? Good. They, uh, they, it looks like they can lock up uh, home court advantage in the first round of the play-in with a win uh, tonight. Which yes. it should be an easy one. The Trailblazers quit trying, you know, several weeks ago. Right. So that's when you, Spurs, you hope you don't want to get too hasty, at Minnesota but they taking win on it. the Timberwolves. So that's good. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, it's, uh, you know, you, you got to have fortune. And the Pelicans had a bunch of injuries. They started off poorly. They have an anxiety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but their big fortune was the demise of the Lakers. And because of the Lakers falling off the, the side of the cliff, uh, that, that aided and abetted the Pelicans to, to get to where they are now. For sure. And, and you know, I, victory laps are not a great look. Uh, in in my business because you're wrong about as often as you're right but you know I've been taking one on the Lakers for a while now I just that never made sense to me the way that team was put together Um, and you know it it came undone maybe not exactly in the ways you'd expect uh, with Anthony Davis although maybe you did expect Anthony Davis to miss a bunch of time that's kind of that's part of that's baked in now I think every year uh, but yeah, good good news for the Pelicans. Bad news for the Lakers, though, who uh, really don't have a great way out of this. You know, they're you're talking about a Russell Westbrook trade. Good luck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough to get any value out of him. Who wants him? I mean, I mean, seriously, who wants him? Um, which brings me up to you know, there's always something, and then, you know, now LeBron goes on some podcast and he says and was asked, "Who would you like to play with?" Um, he said, I would love to play with Steph Curry, man. You got to guard him when he gets out of bed. And of course, now that gets all the speculation and all the rumors and all this stuff going on. It'd be kind of fun, though. Do you think LeBron, if LeBron left the Lakers to join the Golden State Warriors, would that have the same backlash as when Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City to go play with Golden State? I think there'd be backlash, but at this point, LeBron leaving a team is not as big a deal, right? Because it's just happened right. so many times. Uh, so, so for the Durant situation, you know, that was a, leaving a small market team. It's the first time he'd ever changed teams, and he went to this team that just won seventy-three games. So it's a right. little different, but it, it feels almost it feel it would feel weirder. How about that? It would feel stranger yeah. seeing LeBron play for the Warriors than it did Durant. I don't think he'd catch as much heat for it, though. Do you think that that is something that, I mean, look, why would LeBron stay with the Lakers? They got no draft picks. They got no players. They've got no wiggle room. Why would he stay there? If he's just trying to win, 
he, he can't stay there. There, I mean, there's right. just like I said, there is no there is no easy way out of where the Lakers roster is right now. They just don't have uh, picks to trade that are of value. They don't have players to trade that are of positive value. And right. maybe you know their most valuable trade ship is probably Anthony Davis. And if he's gone, I love, what's what's this all been about? So right. yeah, if he cares about winning, number one, I mean he's won plenty. He's got other irons in the fire now, especially as he kind of thinks about transitioning to post basketball stuff. L.A. is a good place to be for the types of things he's going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want to win, you know, or get get on the phone, get Rob Polinka on the phone to the Warriors and say, give me, give us. Uh, you know, James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga, and let's figure out the rest, and we'll just do this. I don't know if the Warriors would even do that, but but that, that's what it would take. Yeah, uh, it's be fascinating. Uh, he he's a free agent after this. Doesn't he always sign one year contracts, or am I wrong there? He he's got one more, one more. So uh, after after next season, he'll be a free okay. agent, if I recall. Okay. okay, is he still one of the top five players in the league in your mind? No, I don't think so. It's, 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 I would say that it's hard to judge him based on the total lack of talent that was around him this year. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, defensively, he, he doesn't have the ability to be in the kind of gear you need to be in, uh, to really impact the game night to night. I think offensively, he's become really much more of a jump shooter than ever before. Um, but I think as much as anything, that's just a testament to how good the top 10 guys are now. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. MVP race has got, three guys cool. that would have won MVP almost any other year. And you've yeah. got, you know, the re- that's not including Luka Doncic, not including Steph, not including Durant, not including Tatum, Booker. It's just down the line, there's there's so yeah. much talent. So, so much he, talent. he's probably so top 15, he, maybe top if, 10, but not top five. Yeah, Grant Hughes, um, if you were, if they, let's, Let's have a little hypothetical world here. And let's say you you were now the general manager of an expansion club and you got to pick any player off of any team to start your franchise. That's what the commissioner did. You could take anybody. Who would you take? Who would be your signature player? Who's the best player in basketball, in other words? So – I don't think he's going to win MVP, uh, but I think I, I don't think I know I would take Giannis. Um, okay. And I, the main reason is I think in addition to the numbers, which are just ridiculous, and he, you know what he had fifty in a closeout finals game last year, so he's, he's checked a lot of the boxes. The other thing mm-hmm. for him though is he's the hardest playing superstar that there is in the league right now. Um, yeah. And I think numbers aside, that stuff. That still that matters to me because if you're going to be a tone setter for a championship team, your best guy has to work the hardest. And I just have I have no question about like his makeup, his attitude, his commitment, all, all those yeah. all those things we don't have numbers for. That that really puts him over the top for me. Adam Silver said the NBA star players just not playing enough. Okay, what do you do about that? It's true. Yeah. What do you do? It is. Well, I mean, the, you, you shorten the schedule and, and, you know, reduce the amount of money that teams make. I, that, I mean, that's the obvious one. You, yeah. you have more rest yeah. days. You just have fewer games. Um, but, you, you know, look at the NFL. The NFL added a game, right? right. So uh, it's, that, and that's, much, that's a more punishing sport. I just think, I, I, I mean, he's not wrong, like you say. It, it's not great if, you know, you're going to see, just say the Bucks are going to come to New Orleans and you want to go see Giannis. Not, not that he's a guy that rests a lot. But if you know you get one chance a year, and and if he's not there, that's that's no good, right? So yeah. I think shortening the season is the easy fix. 
I just don't think you're going to get 30 owners to uh, to agree to giving up that money. It, that, that's just, I think we are yeah, that's just never, all where we that's are. That's never going to happen. I don't know what the solution is. I have no idea, but, but it's definitely a factor. There's no question. And I've seen many a time where, play, you know, you go to a game, people spend this money, buy their tickets, and the guy doesn't play. And they're like, oh, man. A- anyway, it is what it is. Um, who is the... Uh, is this one of the closest MVP races in some time? It's definitely the closest I can remember where it was between more than two guys, right? Because you've got yeah. Jokic, uh, Giannis, and you've got Embiid. Um, and I think that's going to be the order of the finish ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. Although, look, I, I, I get Jokic has just had such a ridiculous statistical season. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost undeniable. Um, but uh, it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, I think any other year Giannis would win it or Embiid would win it because Embiid's got, what, a dozen 40-point, 10-rebound games now. He's going <laughs> to average over 30 points, lead the yeah. league in free throws, just totally unstoppable. He's probably going to finish third. I just, it's, it's, a, it's been an incredible year in that regard for sure. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Coach of the year, Monty Williams, Phoenix, uh, Spolstra for the Heat. I mean, I don't know if people expected that. The the rookie coach for the Celtics, boy, he's got them turned around. Is is this a close race or is it Monty Williams with Phoenix going away? I I think Williams will get it just because the Suns are going to, you know, have 60 some odd wins and just have been Uh a total lock at at the top seed. Although that to me. I, I don't want to take anything away from Williams, but the Suns are kind of just a machine, right? They just, yeah. th- this core has been together for two long years now. Chris Paul is a coach on the floor. So yeah. I don't know. The, the lift just seems a little lighter. I'd give you another one, Taylor Jenkins in, in Memphis. I mean, who, who Memphis, had Memphis? I was going to say, I, I, I was remiss in not mentioning him. Yes, 55 wins already. Man. And they're like 19 and two without John Morant. How too. is, so something how else is, is going that? Right besides Explain him. that to me. How is that possible? <laughs> Well, there's a couple things I think. One is just dumb luck, right? Because, I mean, you can't – Morant is clearly – you know, he was in the MVP conversation for a while. Yes. I think Mor- Morant's defense is not great. Uh, I think the Grizzlies are really deep, uh, and I think that they're just really well coached to circle back to Jenkins. I think, you know, they got eight, nine guys that can all play. Uh, they're great defensively better without Morant, and, and it's just – you know, that's what makes them so dangerous is, is maybe Morant's not going to be healthy for the playoffs and maybe, you know, his, his, you know, first real potential deep run, he'll have some stumbles, but the rest of those guys are all just so good. I mean, Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain, you know, is up to like 19 points a game this year. They have so many guys that can contribute. Is he the, is that kid the rookie of the year? Bain, Bain's a second year guy. He, he might win most improved. Okay. Okay. All right. Man, cause I, I got to be honest. I follow the league. I didn't know who he was from Man in the Moon. No, I mean he's a forty-something percent three-point shooter, good defender. Crazy. I just—he it, it, was a four-year college guy too. Those guys almost never yeah. have big second-year jumps, but he—he's doing it. Wow. Speaking of rookie of the year, we're going to give some love to my boy for the Pelicans, who was, I think, maybe the steal of the draft. Herb Jones from Alabama. He's a he's a lockdown defender. Uh, he does all the little things. And when he needs to score, he'll get you some double figures. It's not bad. Yeah, he's he's got to be on one of the all rookie teams. No question. Um, <laughs> I think that, that's, you know. There are a lot of things that go into putting together a team that's going to win big, you know, eventually. But right. nailing, you know, a second rounder and turning it into a guy that is 
just you can just see at worst he's he's like a sixth or seventh guy on a really good team i think i mean and he, at best he's a, he's a high end starter who you can put on the other team's best offensive player and kind of just not worry about it so and he doesn't so yeah, need that's the one ball of those grant to be happy elements that they really got yeah he doesn't need the ball to be happy and i mean that's that's a no. coach's dream mhm yeah. Anyway, I Grant Hughes, a Bleacher Report. Um, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Playoffs are about to begin. Um, how many legit contenders are there in the Western Conference? Oh man. Well, you got to start with Phoenix. I think yep. if the Warriors are fully healthy, uh, yep. Phoenix has got to be the big favorite. Just there aren't any real question marks there. I think the right. Warriors are healthy. I would have them as the second biggest threat and maybe just right there on par with Phoenix, but that's such a big if with, with Steph Curry's foot injury. Right. Um, right. Other than that, like serious legitimate contenders, I got questions about, you know, Memphis hasn't done it. Dallas is kind of a one man show still. Utah right. has a rough, had a rough losing streak. So if you're talking teams that would not be really surprising out of the West, I think it's just two for me right now. I, I think Golden yeah, I State agree. and Phoenix are the two that, that, that are up above there. Or if Denver could only get their backcourt guy um, healthy, um, that we may have a different story, but a different story certainly exists in the Eastern Conference. That, I mean, who that thing's up for grabs with a bunch of teams. Yeah, any of the top four, right? Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Could easily see them making the finals. And then you still got Brooklyn down there, which, yeah. you know, the absolute last team you want to play because Kevin Durant could just, you know, he could just win a series by himself. He, he basically beat the, the, the Bucks last year, but for that toe on the line on that on that potential game That's winner right. he hit. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'd put Brooklyn in the contender status, but, you know, if they knocked off one or two of those top teams in the East, you could you could not walk away surprised. Certainly not with the with the talent that the Nets have. You can't even mention Kyrie Irving. I mean, he could win you some playoff games on his own. He's done that. And of course, no Ben Simmons because he's got a back problem now. I mean, what a just oh, enough is enough. Um, who do the Nets who who do they match up best with? I don't, you know the Heat are too smart for him. I think um, who is the team that they that, that just really fear the Nets the most? Do you think that that's a good question? I mean, I think just just looking at it, I think if they got another crack at Milwaukee, and again, I I like Milwaukee the best in the East, just for my money. But if they got another crack at Milwaukee, they already know that they that they can play with them, and that was with James Harden on you know half a leg and and just yeah. Durant kind of doing everything himself. So I I don't think the Bucks the Bucks aren't afraid of anybody, but I think the Bucks have they got to know that Brooklyn is is, you know, has some confidence. And so that would yeah. worry me a little bit. But again, the Nets could beat any of those teams. They just, yeah. you know, Durant catches a heater and it's over. If I were the 76ers, I'd be scared to death of them. I, I, I don't trust James oh, yeah. Harden. I, re- I just don't. No, I think the Sixers, of the top four teams, the Sixers I have the most questions about for, for that reason. Harden's playoff record is what it is. The guy just, you know, he just, it's happened too many times. And even when they played the Nets earlier this year, Harden was terrible, and and Brooklyn just ran him off the floor. So, yeah, I mean, if, if I I might even I I don't know if I'd go this far, but I, I'd maybe call it a coin flip if the Nets and Sixers faced each other just because of the Harden issue. 
I, I would take the Nets over the Sixers because I don't trust James Harden. I, I I just don't. Not in a playoff game, not in a playoff series. I, I've seen him go one for 20 or, you know, I'm I'm joking. Yeah. But I've seen him have some throw up some bad numbers in important games. Uh, we shall see. Uh, we just saw the NCAA tournament. You got to see a lot of really good. I think the draft is going to be really good. Do you? I think so. It's it's still early for me. I haven't done a, a lot of deep dives yet, but the, the Duke kid, Boncaro, I think, uh, has kind of made some headway now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it was hard to say who was going to be the top pick, but I, the more the more I read the last, you know, week plus, uh, he's, he's kind of built some momentum. Just because you can, when you watch that kid play, it, it looks like an NBA game, right? Like, yeah. he's, he, you can yeah. imagine what he does translating well as like a big wing combo forward yeah. type that can, that yeah. can score. So you can see it with that guy. Do we do we see any change in the way the, the the game is being played now? I mean, you know, it's you got all these seven footers that are going outside and shooting threes, um, but then you got Embiid who can post you up on the block. Do you see any new trends in the way the game is going? I think one of the things that's been most interesting this year is is more on the defensive side. And, mm-hmm. and it's in reaction to just everybody runs pick and roll. You know, not everybody, but pick and roll is just more and more. It's just what everyone does offensively. And so you see a lot of weird zone looks. Like, the, so the Celtics had the best defense in the league this year, right? And and yeah. they triggered that. They play their center, who's hurt now, Robert Williams. They play him off the ball, out of the pick and roll, on a corner shooter. And he just comes in and helps and tries to swat everything at the rim, and it just blows yeah. up every pick and roll. Um, <laughs> I'd be curious to see if we see more of that. Just take your biggest, quickest defender, and he plays free safety, basically. Because yeah. the zone rules allow you to kind of get away with some stuff with him not guarding anyone. Um, so that's been really wild to see the biggest guy on the floor just kind of kind of moving around wherever he wants Lower. to go to try to help you know put out fires. It's, it's been, it's been strange. But yeah, I kudos like to the Celtics. Yeah, kudos to the Celtics yeah. for figuring that out. Because how many how many bigs can get involved in a pick and roll and have to guard these little guards that are so quick? It's impossible. So kudos right, to them. Yeah. And and it is a copycat league. We'll see. Um, what do you think of the Pels and the Spurs? We don't know. I mean, that's going to be the play-in game. We just don't know if it's going to be in New Orleans or if it's going to be in San Antonio. Um, Popovich seems to have the Pels number. They won three out of four this year. Um, what do you think? What is it about the yeah, Spurs? I, think... I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean – so to me, I don't know what uh, Dejounte Murray—he's the Spurs' uh, all-star point guard, um, who averaged like something ridiculous, like twenty-three, nine, and eight this year, or something like that, nine and nine maybe even. Um, he's been sick the last week or so. I don't. And he, I want to say I read he lost like eight or nine pounds and just wasn't right. If he doesn't play, the, I think the Pelicans should be the heavy favorite. If he does play. Uh, I would just say it's a good thing New Orleans is currently going to host that game, but we'll see what okay. happens tonight to change that because because then it turns into a toss up to me. Yeah, the Pels will win tonight, and the Spurs will lose against the Timberwolves. Um, I think if the Timberwolves show up to play, um, and then they'll they'll host that thing. Okay, uh, Grant Hughes, I can't thank you enough. I can hear it now. I can hear it now. Here are your Golden State Warriors, LeBron James. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Grant Hughes starting at center. There you go. I think with that group, we could still win 60 games, even with me out there. 
you're a, you're a feisty defender. You see, you'd play free safety and cause havoc out on the court, man. Uh, it would be fast. I just can't see LeBron staying in Los Angeles. I don't care how many, what interests he has in the future. He's got so much money already and he wants to play with Bronny, but he wants to play with Steph and he wants to win. He's got to get another championship. Go to Golden State. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it would be interesting, wouldn't it? From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> All right, Grant. Enjoy the uh, end of the regular season, and uh, now we start playing for keeps after this. So thank you, my friend. Have, have a good uh, good uh, rest of the week. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. That's Grant Hughes of uh, Bleacher Report. We, we shall see. We shall see. All right. Let's get you caught up to speed on the latest here at Augusta. Let's see. Um, ooh, Cameron Smith has dropped. He dropped two shots. He's, he's finished now. Round one, he is four under par. Uh, so he was at six under par. He must have double bogeyed or bogey bogey the final two holes. We shall see Tiger Woods is one under par, tied for ninth. So just a three-stroke differential between the leader and Tiger as we speak. Tiger's playing 18. We'll get you his final tally uh, as soon as we are available. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll update that and then um, when we come back and then uh, Frank Schwab will join us soon afterwards. We'll talk about all the latest in the NFL. This is the Jordy Helford Show brought to you by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana. Hormone replacement therapy or treatment. Hormone replacement treatment. Feeling sluggish. Can't lose weight. Tired all the time. Yeah, just not up to you might be deficient in the hormone level and testosterone so HRT is the way to go. They're the best in the business. The Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana in Lafayette, right off of Ambassador Caffrey Parkway. We'll be back. The Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back at 37 minutes after the hour on this Thursday, April 7th. Tiger, one under after his opening round. And um, I think that's a, that's a great start to a tournament. And he hit a clutch par putt on 18. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. 10, 12, 13 feet. I don't know. It was a knee knocker. And he knocked it center cut. I mean, it was great. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, kind enough to join us. He he loves all the sports out there, and he's with us now. Hey, Frank, how are you, man? Thanks for the time, as always. Hey, Jordy. I, I mean, it, that's Tiger stories. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. It's I mean, I never, th- I truly never thought he'd golf at least at a high level again. And here he yeah. is, under par in the first round of the Masters. <laughs> it just it blows my mind. Like, how how is that even physically possible? But yet, he's, he's Tiger. He's Tiger I get into this dispirited debate with people that, that say, oh, golfers aren't athletes. What? <laughs> what? Tiger Woods is a great athlete. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. 
Yeah, he sure is. And I mean, just the great, I mean, probably the greatest of all time, right? Him or Nicholas. And here we go. And I mean, for all the great things he's done on that course, you know, in 98 or 97, whatever year it was, where he just blew away the records, was the youngest guy to win. This, I mean, today might have been up there in the top three of his most impressive feats at Augusta. Just yeah. coming back from what he did to, to shoot under par, it's just, it's unbelievable. Regardless of, you know, he could shoot. 82 tomorrow it doesn't right. matter that comeback is just insane it is insane and somebody said it best i don't remember who it was it's not that tiger moves the needle tiger is the needle yeah. I mean, yeah, it's never... remarkable oh, i mean over at yahoo we could write 20 20 golf posts and it won't do the same traffic as one tiger like it, yeah. i've never there's nothing comparable in sports like the nfl like even if brady retired okay there's gonna be a new brady it's Mahomes. So if you know, at basketball, like it, it, Jordan retired, and it, we just ushered in a new era. There's nothing like there's nothing like the way Tigers dominated golf, for good or bad. I mean, it, right, right. I'm sure some of these other guys would like some spotlight too. But he just you're right. He, you're, he that's a great great line. He is the needle. There's there's nobody like him. And it's remarkable. I mean, through all the trials and tribulations he's had, does anybody pull against him? You know, the funny thing is, over at BetMGM, and we've been tracking this all week, he was by far the most highly bet golfer to win this tournament. And it was like, I, I, I couldn't come up with any really comparison to it because obviously people are betting with their hearts. Like, yeah. Hey, you can't, you couldn't tell me coming into this tournament that you said, yes, Tiger Woods, who I, mean, I, I believe it was like 14 months removed from that accident, hasn't golfed. Right. We didn't even know if he was really going to walk again. Like that, that how, that's how bad that injury was for the car accident. And for, you couldn't believe that he's going to win the tournament, but I think people wanted to believe I, because, yeah, I mean, he's he's had his ups and downs. And I'm sure people there's some people out there who dislike him for this reason, that reason. But at the end of the day, I, I think he's just I think people see he's flawed, but he's also great. And he's yeah. had this great comeback story. And it's been incredibly compelling. By the way, he's my uh, my high school classmate over Anaheim Western High School. He's he's one year ahead of me. Class of 94, I'm class of 95. Really? Yes, went to high school with him. He sat in front of me. In tell me about. Class, tell me like a junior. story. Tell me I, something about him. Like the what? The only real story. I wasn't good friends with him or anything. Knew him kind of casually. Wish I'd become better friends with him. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. But like, there's one time. Like, I started. So he's in physics class and a class I end up failing. By the way, Jordy. But <laughs> he's writing. He's writing this essay. Like, he's really serious into it. And I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And he's like, oh, I got to write my essay for Stanford. I'm like, brother, they're gonna take you whether you just put an X on that page. Like, like that there's no i don't know why you're taking this so seriously but that's the kind of guy he was and he was i mean he, when i was in eighth grade back in junior high he was already a superstar he's in sports yeah i even got to high school so yes and my my junior year high school yearbook goes for hundreds of dollars on ebay because people collect that stuff like senior yearbooks i guess of celebrities right so right I, I need my mom to go find my junior year yearbook, make some money off of this. Frank, all this time, right. you you continue to surprise me with that. That's awesome. He is, uh, yeah, you it's, sat it's in the fun. cafeteria always, with him? You yeah, broke I, bread with him? <laughs> was it, like I said, was a great friend. I wish I had met. I wish I had gotten on this. We just thought, you know, I mean, it's funny because it's high school. You, he wasn't popular or anything. He was yeah. just this golf prodigy, but he's a golfer. Who cares? The football players are more popular, right? But now, <laughs> looking back, now that I'm 45, I'm like, why, why am I not in this guy's entourage or something? Man, you could have been caddying. You could have done something. something. But, but you see, the, the good Lord has a path for you, and you got the right path. That's, that go. is fascinating. High school. Wow. That's Anaheim amazing. Western High School, Anaheim, California. There that is go. amazing. Uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. I'm, I'm 
you know, I get paid to talk and I'm kind of flustered here. I don't, I'm, all right, let's uh, let's go to the NFL. Please evaluate and tell me your thought process on the Saints and the Eagles making that trade. The Saints get two picks in the first round, but the Eagles get picks higher than the Saints do. I mean, you tell me what's going on here. I didn't like that move. It's just kind of the same old Saints of. And we've talked about this before, how impulsive they can be. My coworker, Charles Robinson, said he was talking to somebody from an NFL team who used the term that the Saints are still operating like they're on a credit card. Like everything gets pushed ahead. Everything like like I I thought of all years, this is the time for the Saints to reset, recalibrate, get everything in order, then start the process again. And this trade, I don't know. I I just don't see the upside really for them. I get it. Like multiple needs this year. And no, nobody wants to admit they're not going to compete. But I think that it's going to be hard for the Saints to compete. And I don't think drafting an offensive tackle with that extra pick they got is really going to push them over the top. So, And it could end up, look, in a, in a nightmare scenario, that pick could end up being really, really valuable in a draft where you need a quarterback. And that's why, you know, you don't like giving it up. The Eagles might have, who knows, and again, worst case scenario, top 10 pick. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I never, I, I, it's very, very rare for a team to trade a future pick for a now pick and be like, usually you're giving up a lot of value. I think Eagles really smart here. I, I mean, look, the Saints didn't get nothing out of it. They, they right. still got extra first round pick, but I, I don't like the deal overall. Okay. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports on now I'm depressed because I was hoping you would like it and uh, you <laughs> would lift my spirits up, but you always tell it like it is. So if you had to pick a quarterback out of this draft, who would you pick? I don't know. I, I I think Malik Willis just because I think he's got the raw tools he can work with. I don't think you're getting anybody in this draft class who's ready made day one. We're going to start him and have confidence. So okay. anybody's a project, anybody. So I'm taking the guy at the biggest upside. And to me, that's Willis. I, I think he's just, he's physically pretty impressive. And look, it's going to take a year, maybe even two years to get him to the point where he's really a high end guy. But I think that he at least has a ceiling for that. Like, and Kenny Pickett's a good player too. Maybe he ends up being that. I just, I would probably take my shot on Willis and just try to say, again, I don't think it's, it, it shouldn't be a team that needs to start him right away. That, that would be a disaster. That he, yeah. needs a, he needs a 49er situation where they say, we got a guy, you learn, you will be fine when you're ready to go. And okay. I, I, but that's, that's the guy I What's the future for Jordan Love at Green Bay? I know, right? Does anybody have any interest? Was he a hot commodity by for anybody coming out of the draft? What 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 happens to him? I think I think coming into the draft, yes. I I mean, I I think the teams liked him, but once you're two years down the road, a a huge part of drafting a quarterback is we're going to get, especially first round, we're going to get five years out of him. Yeah. Now you're down to three, and. I don't know. The teams really want to make that first round option decision, which you're going to have to make pretty soon. So that's why the pick for the Packers never made sense. And honestly, like, as I sit here and talk about this, I feel bad for Jordan Love. Like I, you don't have any say in where you're drafted. Right. He probably feels like I want to go compete and, and win a starting job, but okay. You're, you're not beating out Aaron yeah. Rodgers. For yeah. Like that's just not going to yeah. happen where he should never have been in that position. He should have been on a team that needed a quarterback. He should be the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback on opening day or somebody like that. And I just feel bad for him because he's just he's going to waste at least three years out of his career. I mean, yes, I get it. He's getting paid and all that kind of stuff. But he wants to he's a competitor. He wants to start. He wants to play. He's just not going to get that chance for at least three years into his career. Who knows how long? And I don't think that there's a ton of trade interest because 
again, you're you're dealing with this contract and this timeline where you're going to have to make a decision on this fifth round option way or fifth year option way before you're ready. So no, no teams want, they're like, well, two years are gone. We saw him play once at Kansas City. He wasn't great. The luster's off. Hey, we'll give you a six-round pick. And the Packers are like, no, well, that's not even worth it. So right. I, I just don't think that – I don't think it – it doesn't make sense for any team to trade for love. It doesn't make sense for Packers to trade love. And yeah. Jordan Love stuck in the middle, not playing. Wow, man. Well, he's certainly not putting tread on his tire, uh, wearing tread off the tire. Uh, what, what's Seattle going to do? Who, who's their quarterback? Yeah, I, I think our pride candidate to draft somebody. I mean, it's it would blow me away if they didn't. I, I mean, they've been wheeling and dealing. And, you know, when you trade Russell Wilson to get the extra picks, if they don't come out of this draft for the quarterback, I'd be shocked. And again, it might still be a guy who is starting this year, but who knew? I mean, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was when they drafted Russell Wilson, in the third round, none of us started, thought he'd be starting open That's right. either. So That's you true. never know, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I think Seattle has to draft a guy to develop. I just think it's when you make that deal, when you, when you give up Russell Wilson, your, your end game cannot be drew lock. It just can't like, I know they could talk him up and they should, and there's, you know, that, that's good, just good business. You're not going to trash a guy who's currently starting quarterback, but they got to draft somebody. I, I just don't see any way around that. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, kind enough to join us. The NFL draft is is coming. It's in Vegas, right? I believe so. Yeah. Believe, Are you going? Yeah. Are you going to go ride the boat I... across uh, to the oh, stage and all that stuff? I mean, how, I mean, that's going to be incredible. That's going to be yes. at the what a show that's going to be. Hey, exactly. And I like, you know, I like the draft bouncing around to different cities and it being a spotlight. And I know that Green Bay is frustrated now that they're not getting one. I think it'll land there someday. And I think it's cool. I think it's, I hated it when they moved it out of New York. I'm like, well, it's, it's tradition. It's New York. But now that I see all these different NFL cities getting into it and they're drawing these huge crowds, like I think it was like 800,000 in Nashville or something like that. Some crazy, yeah, crazy number. Uh, and I mean, I don't know that. It'll be interesting to see what Vegas is like. They put on a show like nobody else. Yeah. I don't know the tourists are going to be like, wow, the NFL draft. But I, I think it'll be fun, and I think they're going to put on a, a great time. I think it's they, really cool. they know how to do it. Um, I, I don't know. For the first time, there really isn't a consensus number one pick, or is there? I, I think it's going to end up being Hutchinson, the defensive end out of Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I just view him as the guy who's the – look, he's safe. And he still has a high ceiling. I, I think he could be an all-pro type of guy. He's good. But yes, I, I mean, I saw the headline today that nobody's calling the Jacksonville Jaguars for trade up to the first pick. And I can mm -hmm. see why, like why you're, you're going to get, a, if you're sitting in the eighth spot, you're going to get somebody similar at least right. to what, whoever Jacksonville's right. getting one. So why give up the extra draft ammunition? So the Jaguars are good, a good, solid player. It's not the best year to have the first pick, but whatever. They had the first pick last year and it was a great year to have the first pick. So they can't complain too much. Yeah. Okay. They just got the wrong coach. Um, boy, what, yeah, a, what a nightmare, huh? Yeah. Him, what the, a the whole nightmare. story. I don't think we've even talked about it since, but the whole story about him not knowing where Donald was, and I don't know if that's exaggerated or not, but if that's I even remotely imagine. true, oh my goodness, that is that wow. Because he was a Just college wow. coach when Donald was uh, was at Pitt. Oh, was he? Yeah, I guess you know, you had to know I, it doesn't that. like it's 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 one of those stories I just want to believe just for how ludicrous it is. Like, <sighs> what? Like an NFL coach doesn't know Aaron Donald, probably the best, literally the best player in the NFL. Like, uh, how did the? Can you imagine though, if he's doing what he's doing in the NFL, what what he was doing when he had total control at Florida yeah. and at Ohio State? Can you imagine the stories that must be out yeah. there? 
I mean, if you look back at the mid two thousands Florida teams, I mean, I if they did a if they did a last dance thirty for thirty type <laughs> documentary 10, 10 episodes on it, I'd watch yeah. every single one because it was the most fascinating roster. I mean, you had you had Aaron Hernandez playing with Tim Tebow, Ooh. okay? Like there yeah. there was some stuff going on. Tim Tebow playing all that crazy stuff. I mean, well, Tebow was later, but man, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, who do you like in the NBA? That's a great question I, because. The East is going to kind of cannibalize itself. Like yes. I, my Bucks, we're sitting like sitting there. Like tonight they play Boston, and Boston's a half game up for the two seed. Normally I'd be into this game. Like we got to win. Let's get the two seed. But I almost want I to lose know. because they don't want to face the Nets in the first round, right? Thank you like, very much. I, it's weird. The, yeah. the, the the East is so deep that I can make so many arguments for five, six, seven teams. That's pretty rare in the NBA. I'm with you. So. The I West don't know if different. I can take yeah, the, and the West is different. The Phoenix Suns are clearly the best team. Yes. I don't know if they're going to win. Memphis, yeah. Memphis kind of gave it to them about a week ago. They're a really tough team. Golden State's going to get healthier. Yeah. But just because the East is so murky, I almost have to take the Suns because their path to the finals is a lot clearer than any like, even my Bucks or the Celtics who have been playing out of their yeah. minds. The Heat, I really like. The Nets are obviously talented, but it's going to be a grind just to get I, out of the East. To your point, I think. Whatever the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be, I think that's going to be better than the NBA Finals. I do too. I do too. I really I, do. But the Sun, hey, look, Jordy, the Suns are great. Like they, oh. when they're hitting, uh, Devin Booker's played like he is, and they're healthy. This, this, that's a very good. This, that's a very good basketball. Player. Chris Paul might become the guy that you know the best player not to win a title yeah. to finally win a title. I so. hope he does too. I mean, as long as they're not playing Milwaukee in the finals, I have to say that. But <laughs> I, Chris Paul is just one of those guys who I great. just look at as one of the. He could be like. I don't know how, how long Adam Silver is going to do this thing, but if Chris Paul's the next commissioner of the NBA, I wouldn't be surprised. That's how much I respect wow. him as a leader. He's, okay. he's just, he is, he's one of those leaders. He's a great basketball player, obviously, but he's just one of those leaders who every single place he goes, they win right away. And that's not a coincidence. Yeah. And not just because he plays yeah. point guard really well. It's because he's just one of the great leaders in that sport. You're correct. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, you're the best. Baseball, NBA, the Masters, our cup runneth over, man. Enjoy what a, what it all. A great, what a great day this it, is. I'm watching is. Tiger on one screen and the Brewers on the other. What a, what a day. <laughs> that's what a day. It. I forgot Major League Baseball. Absolutely. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate Enjoy it all, buddy. We'll Thank take our, our final time out of the day. We'll come back. We'll wrap all this up with a nice little tidy bow. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Please wash your hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, I love what I do. It's so much fun. Got to talk Astros baseball with Randy McLevoy. Got to talk all things LSU with Matthew Bruni. Got to talk NBA with Grant Hughes. Got to talk uh, NFL and a variety of things. Didn't know that Frank Schwab was a classmate of Tiger Woods in Anaheim. You got to be kidding me. If today is your birthday, Mar April 7th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share your day with uh, two actors, um, 68-year-old Jackie Chan, love his movies, and The Gladiator, Russell. 
Russell Crowe is 58 years old today. Uh, we're out of time. So I'm Jordy Heltberg. Until tomorrow, um, stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. By all means, let's be happy, my friends. Tiger in red numbers, one under. That's the that's the play of the day. Uh, James, thank you so much. We'll see you and talk to you tomorrow here on the Jordy Heltberg Show. So long, everybody. 